What do you do with unspoken objections? What happens when people just decide to disappear after you spent a lot of time and a lot of effort trying to get them to do business with you? We're going to discuss how you can address the unspoken objections on this episode of the Do This Sell More Show. Hey there, workplace warriors. If you are looking to build profitable, lifelong relationships, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Do This, Sell More podcast, where you can make more money than you ever imagined and still get home in time for dinner. Don't miss out on expert tips and strategies from best-selling author Dave Lorenzo and his high-performing guests. The formula is easy. Listen and take action. In other words, do this, sell more. Now, here's your host, the master of relationship sales strategy himself, Dave Lorenzo. Hi, I'm Dave Lorenzo. Welcome to another edition of the Do This, Sell More show. Today, we're talking about unspoken objections. And here's what you're going to discover today. You're going to discover the six objections people have but don't express. You're going to discover how to surface the objections. And then you're going to discover how you can overcome these objections and win the client over to close the deal. Before we get into that, I want to remind you that our show is powered by your questions. That's the fuel. It's the oxygen we need to keep going. So please send me your questions. You can send them to askdave at dlorenzo.com, A-S-K-D-A-V-E at D-L-O-R-E-N-Z-O.com. That's where you can send your questions. You can send them by email. You can send them by audio file. You can send a video, record a video on your phone, email it to me at that address. Today, we're starting off with the question that we're going to answer because it's relevant to our topic. Angela Dumas of Carlsbad, California asks, Dave, I've been working with a person for six months and they just disappeared. I've had this happen to me before. And when it happened to me before, it was with proposals. I would send out the sales proposal and Lo and behold, after I sent out the proposal, I never heard from the person again. What do I do when people ghost me? Well, Angela, thank you for your question. And this is relevant to our topic today. We're talking about the unspoken objections that cause people to go away and they don't tell you why. The first part of your question, working with someone for six months and they just disappear, that happens in a lot of businesses where there are reoccurring charges. So, for example, the fitness business. If you own a gym and someone has personal training and they work out with you over and over and over again and you automatically charge their credit card every month and then what happens? They stop showing up but you keep charging their credit card. Then all of a sudden the credit card expiration date is up or the credit card reaches its capacity and you call to try and update the credit card. The people don't return your calls and they never update the credit card and they just kind of go away. Or they prepay for a service and they come a couple of times and they disappear after that. It's a very common thing. Here's what the deal is with that. That scenario is kind of a passive aggressive way for people to say, I don't want to pay anymore, but they don't want to have the conversation with you. So the credit card goes bad, they disappear. That's their way of ending the relationship without ever having to have a conversation. The second part of your question what do we do when we send a proposal and people disappear? 
That is probably something that you didn't address up front in the proposal process. There's two reasons why people disappear after proposals and they don't have a conversation with you. The first reason is you didn't follow the proposal process properly. And you can find videos on my website and also on my YouTube channel about the perfect proposal. In fact, that's what you put in to search for. Search for the perfect proposal or how to write a great proposal. I have a number of videos on this that will take you through the whole process where you qualify the, the client up front, the potential client up front. If you qualify the potential client up front, they generally don't disappear when they get a proposal. Also, you should never give someone a proposal until you've had a conversation with them and there's complete agreement. Remember my new ABCs, agreement before contract. So you should always have a conversation, get an agreement before you send out or hand them a contract to sign. This prevents people from disappearing, from ghosting you. Here's the second part of that. And the second part of that is what we're going to discuss today. There are sometimes some unspoken objections that you didn't think about, and we're gonna get into those right now. When you get those unspoken objections, you address them just as a course of doing business. I'm gonna share those with you right now. I'm gonna show you how to address them. And once you address these, you're not gonna have as many people disappearing or ghosting you at any point in the sales process. So let's take a look at the first of the six objections that make people go away, but that they don't say. The first is price. People are often embarrassed to say that they can't afford something, and that's one of the reasons why you have to ask about a budget in advance. Once you've had a couple of conversations or a big conversation about the value you're going to deliver, you say something along the lines of, Mr. Prospect, I don't wanna waste your time or my time if money's gonna be an issue. So let's talk about the budget you have set aside for the work we're going to do together. And if they don't want to give you the budget, you say, I understand you're sensitive about discussing numbers. Many of my other clients were sensitive about discussing numbers when we first got together. But here's the thing. If we don't talk about the budget you have set aside, the value I'm going to provide and the return on investment right now, we may go down this path and you and I may waste a lot of time together only to find out that financially we're not going to be a good fit. So let's talk about the budget you have set aside for our work together. You may have to go back and forth on this three times, but after the third time, they're eventually going to give you a number because they're not playing games here. This is business. They want to do business with you. So when you ask the third time in a different way, you're going to come to some understanding for what they have to spend, what the value is, and what the return on investment is going to be. And then you can have your price conversation. If you're going to have a disagreement about money, it's better to have a disagreement about money before you invest a lot of time in going after this prospect. The second unspoken objection is laziness. People have a fear and a pain associated with switching from one person to another when it comes to services or products. So if people feel like the mountain that they have to climb to switch to your product or your service is so high that they're not gonna wanna do it, they're gonna be lazy and the inertia will keep them from moving. What you have to do is you have to get them to think about how much it's going to cost them, what the pain is gonna be like if they don't switch. You do this by asking all kinds of questions about what's going on with their current service provider. 
they're going to tell you they love their current service provider. And you say to them, I appreciate that, and I appreciate your loyalty to them. That's fantastic. If you could change one thing about your relationship with XYZ Company, what would it be? If you could change one thing about your relationship, what would it be? And then they're going to tell you, and that's what you start to go to work on. You go to work on that one thing. You explain how painful it is. You explain how you can take that pain away. That's how you overcome the unspoken objection of laziness or inertia and their pain of switching. The third unspoken objection that you're going to have to address is fear of change. People feel like they might get fired or they might not get a raise or they might not get promoted if they hire you and you don't do a good job. You can combat this by talking about how you guarantee your own performance. Now be very careful here. I didn't say you guaranteed a result. I didn't say you guaranteed even satisfaction. You guarantee your own performance. And if you can't guarantee your own performance, you shouldn't be in the business that you're in. You've done this before. Before, you simply guarantee the work you're going to do on their behalf. And here's how you do it. You say something like, Mr. Prospect, if you're worried about taking a risk on us, I'll guarantee our performance. And then make a list of the things you're going to guarantee, like showing up on time, doing specific things, hitting due dates, taking a specific action. You have to be able to lay out a half dozen to a dozen, six to 12 things that you guarantee for the person that you're speaking with. You're not guaranteeing results, you're guaranteeing your own performance. That is something you can do. That will give them some comfort because they can go to their boss and they can say, look, I got a performance guarantee. They promised to do this by these dates. I feel like we're covered. And you'll find this objection, this unspoken objection comes when there's an 800-pound gorilla in your industry and you're up against that 800-pound gorilla for the business. So in other words, there's a Walmart in your industry and you're the corner store. The corner store promises you customized, personalized service. They may promise you on-time delivery of the items if you order them over the phone. They don't promise that at Walmart. That's a competitive advantage for you. You put those points on your guarantee of service to your clients and you show that to them and they're going to say, the reason I didn't go with Walmart for this is because we're not looking for the lowest price. We're looking for customized, personalized delivery. That's in a retail setting. We see this all the time in the practice of law. My smaller firm clients go up against giants in the practice of law and what they do is they say, look, you're going going to get me on the phone, you're going to get personalized service, I can answer your questions, and they very seldom will write out a service guarantee, but as an attorney, you should be able to guarantee a handful of items, like a return call within four hours. You should be able to guarantee that you will hit every single deadline in the case. Those are the types of things you put in writing, you show to the client, and then the client will be absolutely thrilled to try you over the big competitor because number one, you provide personalized service and number two, you've guaranteed your own performance. Not a result, just your performance. That's how you overcome the fear of change. Figure out what you can personally guarantee from a service delivery standpoint and stand behind it. This next unspoken objection is something that you're gonna find seems a little silly. I found it to be a little silly, but it comes up more and more. Whether it's real or somebody's just making it up, you have to address it. Having a friend or a relative in the business. 
This is something that comes up at the last minute because people are often shopping around. Now, it comes up when you're dealing with, say, a family-run business or you're dealing with a big business that has a specific service need. And what you'll find is often it's not a family member who's in the business that you're in. So you're a service provider and they're a service provider. It's not necessarily a family member, but it's a friend or someone who has given the person who's making the decision some sort of incentive to be bonded to them, to stay with them for the long term. Now, I'm not going to be really ugly and say it's a kickback, but oftentimes these relationships have developed over 15 years, and you can't unseat the incumbent service provider because of that bond that the person has with them for whatever reason. So what I like to say is, now, listen, Mr. Prospect, we're going down this road and it looks like we're going to start working together. You don't have a family member in the business, do you? I mean, I don't want to do all this work and find out that you're just trying to get a price from me and hold your brother-in-law up for a discount. Now, they laugh when you say this, but that opens the door to you discussing who their current service provider is or who their current person is that's providing them with the product that you're trying to sell in there. When this comes up and you have this discussion, you then can say, all right, well, tell me if you could change one thing about this person. I mean, you've been with them for 20 years. Obviously, it's a good relationship. If you could change one thing, what would it be? And then you go into working on that one thing in order to get the deal done. I bring up the brother-in-law in the business. I use brother-in-law because it's really easy to say. You can use brother or sister. You can use family member. They're not going to have a family member in the business most of the time, but there will be an entrenched incumbent. And the more you can find out about them and what they don't like, the better off you're going to be. This is particularly effective when you are working with someone who has been told by their boss they have to get three bids or three proposals in order to keep the current service provider honest. That's how you do the uncovering of whether or not they're just trying to keep their current service provider honest or whether they really want to make a change. The next objection is timing. Sometimes people will shop around six months or a year before they're ready to make a decision or make a change. So I always ask the client, why is now the right time to do this? Why is now the right time to make a change? This will uncover whether the timing is right or not. And they'll say, well, now really isn't the right time. We're going to start on the first of the year. We don't have a budget for it now. So at least you know what you're dealing with. At least you know this is a long sales cycle. You're going to have to work on this person for a long time. You're going to have to follow up. Really saying why now helps you in your mind set up what the sales cycle is going to look like. You can try and create some urgency and get people to move forward now. If you can't, and most of the time, if now is not the right time where they're just shopping around, you won't be able to, you'll be able to get a follow-up date from them, and that will give you some incentive to put them on your calendar and to stay with the sales process, even though it may be stretched out more than you'd like. The final unspoken objection is that you're not dealing with the real decision maker.
Let me know if this sounds familiar to you. You are going through the sales process and everything is going smoothly. The client is asking all kinds of buying questions. You're doing the dog and pony show. You feel great about it. And then all of a sudden things just come to a screeching halt when you start talking about money. This is because the person doesn't have any decision-making authority. So what I always ask in the very first meeting is, who else do we need to involve in this process? Or who besides you do we need to involve in this process? And then they'll look at you and, some, and you say, sometimes there's a committee that makes a decision on things like this. Sometimes there's a budget meeting we have to go to. I mean, I've experienced in some companies where I have to go to the CEO and make the presentation with my internal client partner in order for us to get this deal approved. Is that something that's going to happen here? I just want to know what the sales process is like. Are there other people you and I need to work with in order to get this done. That puts cards on the table. And here's the interesting thing about this question. As much as you will tell me that your clients lie to you all the time, when you ask them this question, it's very difficult for them to lie. They may lie very rarely, but they may lie at the beginning of your sales process. But as you get closer and closer to the close, they can't lie about that anymore. So every time I meet with someone, I say, now you're sure there's nobody else we need to get involved, no committee, no budget or finance group or the CEO that you and I are going to have to go present in front of. You always include the other person. Don't exclude them in the conversation. Say you and I are going to go together and do this, but you want to know if anybody else is involved. They might it's very rare, but they might lie about this up front when you ask them a direct question, but they won't lie the second or third time because as you get closer to a deal, if they don't have the authority, they're not going to be able to say yes. If they do lie to you, they won't be able to look at you with a straight face while you're working together down the road. So asking this question up front puts them on the spot. A very small percentage of people lie when you ask them this question directly. They may not say anything and lead you to believe they're the decision maker, but when you ask them, they usually come clean about it. I hear that from salespeople all the time, and I'm sure you do too, that, oh, clients lie, clients lie. They're not going to lie about this if you ask them directly, and if they do, they're not going to be able to work with you afterwards, so that's going to be a little awkward. Most likely, they're going to tell you the truth. So these are the six unspoken objections. We also talked today about ghosting, how people just disappear and how you can avoid that. My name is Dave Lorenzo and we're here every day with a great sales strategy for you to help you make more money and get home on time for dinner every night. I thank you for joining me today. If you have any questions at all, please reach out to me. You can reach me at my email address, askdave at dlorenzo.com or at my phone number, 888-444-5150. That's 888-444-5150. Until tomorrow, here's hoping you do this and sell more.